Welcome to the Halloween Spooktacular 3. I've got some sad news here from the haunted mansion that I'm recording this episode from. Co-host Zach got in a car accident on a rainy road in the dark on the way up here. And he called and he said he's not going to make it. And I'm feeling a little insecure that I might not be fantastic enough to pull off this episode alone. Uh, anyway, time for an ad. <clears throat> this episode was brought to you by William Mitchell Audio. Uh, let me tell you, William Mitchell Audio is the most evil fucking audio production company in the whole goddamn US of A. And I'll tell you another thing. They, they, the, the professionalism the quality, the hordes of demons, it's unmatched. So go to williammitchellaudio.com. That sound good? All right, moving on. Uh, I'm back here in the spooky mansion all by myself, but I feel like I'm not alone. I don't know. Something's giving me the vibe that there might be some other fucking shit here. That must just be the wind blowing against the shutters trying to scare me. And my only connection to the outside world is the four Zoom calls of the apocalypse. The four terrifying tales. They're all coming up real soon. So buckle your seatbelts, boils and ghouls. And uh, we're going to have a lot of skella fun. And now for the interview. Welcome to the Halloween Spooktacular, Brandon Case. I hope you're here to tell a fantastic story for all the boys and ghouls. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, what's up, man? Hasn't been that long since you and I did some other horror shit because we did uh, The Thing versus The Thing. Yep, surprisingly yep. well uh, received. Oh, very good. We've actually Not... no, we've done we've done two two horror things because we did uh, Doctor Sleep versus The Shining, Thing yep. versus The Thing. Uh, for anyone listening, also check out Brandon Case's episode that's just not movie related uh 2653 miles from mexico to canada sorry man that's that's all catching everyone up on the fact that you're a a, a very recurring guest on this show yeah well i'm glad to be back it's always fun but yeah man I, both times i was surprised like how many people like agreed dr sleep was as good as i said it was yeah. and how many people said that uh the the thing remake was actually a pretty good romp and yeah worth, worth watching man and just because john carpenter didn't make it didn't mean it wasn't worth it <laughs> definitely <laughs> well yeah dude i'm uh i'm ready to hear you tell a tale man yeah yeah well i figured i'd probably give you a, a short double feature uh one to kind of set the stage and then the other one that is one of the only events in my life that i actually can't explain as a as a very skeptical person usually i can like kind of write off you know things that had happened one way or the other but I have no logical explanation for this particular one. That sounds um, spectacular. Yeah, that was <laughs> the idea at least. Um, so 
So on the um, so I was on the Pacific Crest Trail, uh, as you alluded to, uh, which was that long hike from Mexico to Canada, and I saw all kinds of like weird stuff uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Um, tons of things, things that slithered, you know, things that prowled normally, um, just kind of to give an idea of what it was like. Um, I was in a uh, Z-Pax uh, duplex tent, which is this super thin Dyneema tent because I was carrying all my gear all the way across the country. And so, you know, it's a tent that weighs like a pound. It's uh, supposed to be for two people, which gives me just enough room to stretch out diagonal and like not have my feet and head on the ends of the uh, tent. And so, but it's super thin, like it lets in um, a bunch of light and um, it's just basically obscure enough so that you can see silhouettes, but you can't actually like see through the material. And, it keeps um, like, keeps rain out. Yeah, yeah, it keeps the rain out. It's got like a nice bathtub bottom or whatever. So it's really tough material, super, super thin and light though, uh, which makes it feel pretty weird when you're out in the middle of nowhere. Cause it's, you're, you're like kind of in a house, you've got like a little bit of a safe bubble but yeah. that bubble is so easy to violate by anything that tries. <laughs> yeah. And even mice, like I had mice chew through my tent at one point when I was in Washington and I was so upset, but yeah, some people would find that terrifying. Oh, it, it was, there were, there were a couple of times, like um, one time I was in a snowstorm and I left uh, the zipper unzipped by a little bit. And I actually had, I woke up in the middle of the night with something crawling on my face, like something big. And I was like, slap the side of my face and this mouse just flies across the tent. And then we have like a, like one of those like circus, like cartoon rodeos trying to chase each other around until it finally hops back out. But yeah, it was, it was surreal to have something that is touching you when it's not supposed to be at night and you just get that crawling feeling. Dude, this um, is making so me so not stoked because I'm, uh, I'm riding my bike to, from Nashville to New Orleans. Uh, oh yeah. And just like a couple of weeks now and like also uh my friend that was gonna be my co-host on that one is also not so i'm, I'm rolling dolo on that so i'm gonna be in a one person tent with all kinds of whatever creepy crawly shits down in like mississippi and all the places i gotta ride through dude <laughs> yeah it, it's wild that should be fun though um i talked uh, to a number of people on the trail that did those long bike journeys and they had a blast um oh so uh, so yeah, they're um, kind of an example for that particular sense with the tent. Um, when I was, there were a lot of predators on the trail. It's probably the thing that spooks people out the most uh, when they haven't been on it. You kind of get a little bit used to it after a while, but uh, it was really, really difficult in the beginning, especially because you're in like this significant mountain lion zone. And so um, right around mile 500 is where things get really mountain liony, where um, you see evidence of them. Um, people are posting online talking about seeing them and they're one of the only creatures that will like very much more are more likely to attack you more than a bear and everything else there still aren't very many you know deaths or anything associated with them but they um if you if you catch them in the wrong light or you're running or something like that they will definitely pounce on you and, and mistake you for prey and so they're they're really you know there's an element of danger with them um and uh i, I was going through the section where uh, right around twilight is when they're the most active. And uh, there were a couple nights where I would like set up camp and, and I'd be, and you're not supposed to bend over because they, uh, it breaks your silhouette and they think you're like a four-legged thing that they can eat. And uh, there were a couple nights where I was setting up my tent and I would hear like the loudest, most piercing, awful scream in the night somewhere nearby as, um, as something was just like ripped apart uh, by a mountain lion. Um, probably a deer. Deer have a horrible scream when they die um, uh, in any sort oh, of yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, dude. 
yeah, it, it's pretty scary. And, um, and so I was hearing all that kind of stuff, seeing these big paw prints that were like the size of my hand, at least that uh, were crisscrossing the trail as the mountain lions hunted through these, these twilight areas in the mountains. Tim, their and, paws are um, as big as your hands. Yeah, they were enormous. Like they were just, they were, they're really, they're pretty big animals. They don't yeah. weigh a, a ton. Like they're not that much bigger than us in terms of like mass, but they are so strong and their paws are just huge. Um, it's uh, like people get freaked out a lot on the trail and thinking that they're seeing mountain lion tracks um, when they're clearly dog tracks. Like I talked to a lot of people like that. Um, but when you actually see a real mountain lion track, uh it is it is pretty obvious they are yeah. enormous and then they also don't have they don't show their claws because they're retractable and so like dogs even big dogs will have like claw marks in front of them and unless the um the mountain lion is like moving really quickly or something uh those claws stay retracted so you just get this big like multi-lobed uh paw print that settles into the dust um and so so anyway this one particular night i was climbing up through these mountains um, I had come out of town and I had a bunch of food with me. Generally speaking, you're supposed to like eat somewhere and then leave that place and go set up your tent somewhere else. But when you're backpacking on these really long trails, like you get pretty burnt out on. Yeah. Know, that's a pain in the ass, dude. That's it's, a, it's, that's a, that's a day trip behavior, man. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so anyway, I was eating in my tent and, um, it was right at that like dusk twilight period. And I was having a really good time. I'd had a pretty good day. Um, I was out, you know, nature was like buzzing, like you get this kind of like really nice, relaxing hum to the insects and you've got a bunch of birds that are like chirping and uh, quail in particular have their specific vocal patterns. And so you've got the and the sun has just gone down. So you've got this really like nice kind of like warm atmosphere. This is in the desert in California. And, um, and then, uh, you know, I'm doing my normal evening tasks. So I'm like writing my journal and, you know, kind of munching on food or whatever. And then like all the hair on the back of my neck just immediately stands on end. And I was just like, I, something was wrong and I, I couldn't tell what was happening. Um, but then I realized that it was dead silent. Like there was not even one sound. Every animal, every bird and insect had all shut up entirely. And then I hear this heavy, quick step going up to my tent. Um, uh, these footfalls come all the way up to me and then they they come within like a foot of my tent and then they go all the way around the outside and circle me two times. And it's <laughs> this really heavy, smooth step, uh, like the size of a, a man, but like, but quicker and smoother. And, and I was like immediately 100% sure that it was a cat. And so I'm like sitting in my tent and I have like a little pocket knife because you can't carry hardly anything on the trail because yeah. you're, you're scrimping every gram. And so I'm like sitting there with my little pocket knife, just like freaking out, like, uh, wanting to Google, like, do mountain lions attack tents, but I didn't even have any service or anything. So I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just completely stranded, hoping this creature that is like stronger than me and more effective is like fooled by the fact that I have this like micro thin tent in the way of yeah. it coming and getting my food and or me. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, it was super wild. And um, did you ever end up Googling that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, they're, they're very deterred by tents. Okay. Uh, so, cool. Yeah, so they won't really tend to come into them uh, uh, to get after you, which is awesome. Uh, bears do sometimes. They'll like they'll come into your tent if they, yeah if they think they should. But mountain lions, you're usually kind of put off by it. So that, that is like cool. my theory that that bears are a lot more like dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no that that's uh, that's pretty uh, that's pretty accurate. 
And um, yeah, and cats are more skittish, but also more likely to jump on you if you're like running down the trail or biking down a trail. So you're going to keep your head on a swivel. But um, but yeah, so that was kind of wild. So that kind of sets up a little bit about the trail and the tent and, you know, this whole kind of uh, experience. So if we jump forward about maybe a thousand miles into Northern California, um, and, you know, I've been on the trail for months and months by this point, and uh, I'm pretty okay with animals. Like I've seen some bears, um, saw uh, or heard that cat, saw another cat, and um, lots of other creepy crawly stuff, like all kinds of snakes. Like there were snakes everywhere um, where they would just, yeah, I, I saw rattlesnakes or snakes that would be coming downhill while I was going across the divide and we'd like almost run into each other and spook each other and then like run in opposite directions. <laughs> Um, and so I was like, I was chilled out about the animal thing, you know, like you just kind of get used to it being in nature, you know, getting crawled on by ants. Like I had ants on me all the time. Like these are just like normal nature things. Yeah. So I'd calm, calm down a lot. You know, I was, I was a, I was a hiking veteran, you know, backpacker by that point after like 1500 miles. <laughs> and so, um, so that was chill, but, um, I had this really awesome, beautiful day. I was, uh, I was I was hurting uh, during this period, so I was already a little bit freaked out. This was during my whole uh, peeing with blood uh, scenario where I had hematuria, and uh, and so I was I was a little bit on edge just in general. But had a beautiful day. Um, I climbed up over this mountain ridge as the sun was going down, which gave this really dynamic sunset experience where you start out with all these like really beautiful pinks that are filtering over the range, and then you're climbing up and the sunset just lasts and lasts because you're starting at a pretty high angle. And then as you go up, uh, the sun's going down. And so you're keeping it in this like band of sunset where it's just scattering all this light and it's beautiful. And it goes from pinks and, um, and reds into this like brilliant orange on the other side. And it's just stunning. And I'm up along this, uh, this ridge that I'm following with the trail. And I'm, I'm in like the middle of nowhere, like literally there it's probably like 50 or 100 miles to the nearest town, uh, literally just middle of nowhere, uh, high desert, Northern California. And so, and I'm on this really high ridge, like there, there aren't roads anywhere, uh, but there's a pretty sheer drop off and then um, uh, the trail, and then it goes back out into this forest. And I'm, I've been hiking pretty late at this point. So I'm, because um, I'm doing mid twenties, you know, in terms of mileage. Uh, trying to make it up to Canada before the snow, you know, completely buries the trail. And so um, I hike in through, through twilight, through this beautiful sunset, and then everything starts to get, you know, really very dark. And around that time, I'm usually looking for a campsite. And so I, I end up going away from the ridge because you just get insane, like howling winds on, at night on these ridges most of the time. And so I, I kind of come back out into the trees and this is the time where the sun has already faded and you're getting these really long shadows that are pushed back into the trees. You get all these towering like pines and stuff. And it's this, you know, kind of a little bit gloomy and oppressive atmosphere as we move through twilight towards like true darkness. And, um, and so I, I make my way back away from the trail so that, you know, I'm not getting uh, pestered by other hikers or anything else. Find a little pad that I can set up my tent on, get my tent set up and everything. And similar to earlier, like I'm, I go through my normal evening routine where, you know, like I, you know, eat and write in my journal and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And it's a fairly peaceful night. Uh, but, um, but like ever since the sun went down, like I, I've been feeling a little bit weird, you know, like that little bit of a tingle kind of a deal on the, on the back of your neck. 
and and that only kind of like increases as um, as we get a little bit later into the night and I finish up all of my daily activities and so and I always have a headlight on or whatever when I'm you know hiking at night or working my tents and and everything and so um, so anyway so I finish all my stuff and I'm just kind of like laying there kind of propped up on one one arm trying to get get through with the the rest of the day it takes me like an hour to chew my protein at night just uh it, it's uh it's this long like repetitive trail uh, routine and so uh, so i'm just laying there and then suddenly this huge light just pops up behind my tent behind me like almost directly behind me and um and it's super bright and i just i just like froze and a similar kind of a deal, like all the hairs on my body are standing up and I'm, I'm like 100% on danger alert, like something about this is very wrong. And I realized that the angle of the light is wrong for it to be like a, another person or anything else, because it's coming down at an angle through the trees, um, as if there was something that was up, you know, maybe like 30 or 40 feet off of the ground. And, um, and it's so, so bright. It's, it was super weird. And so I immediately snap off my flashlight and I can't see what it is like through the tent. The tent is just thick enough that it obscures my ability to see through it, but it lets all this light in. And so, so I'm like, I'm like freaking out because this is like middle of nowhere. There are no roads for vehicles. There is, uh, I haven't seen another hiker in like ages. And, um, and, and like I said, it's this weird angle that's coming down through the trees and it's and it's steady and like super bright as if uh, a beam is focused on me and um and i'm just like again just like sitting there hunkered in my tent just like hoping to like last this out and you know whatever is causing this light will just like go away and um and and it was it was super weird the instead of you know shutting off abruptly like uh like an electric light turning off or kind of fading out uh as if something was moving away or um, or kind of bobbing away with the way a person walks at night, uh, which you see a lot of out there. Um, instead, it, it, it kind of, it closes like a winking eye as this, this light just kind of closes and then is gone. And there's no sound throughout this entire period. It's just complete dead silence. There's no sound from any sort of vehicles. There's no anything else. It was super bizarre. Like my, my hair was absolutely on end. Um, I remember and I, I was like really, really freaked out, but I was exhausted from the trail and everything else. So I distinctly remember thinking there is no way that I could ever sleep after this uh, happened unless I was this exhausted. And then I passed out. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and like, it was, it was super weird. It, it was one of those things that like stuck with me for like a long time. And so as soon as I was back into a uh, range of cell phone service and everything else, like I was Googling, like, because, you know, they, they track stuff like rocket launches and, you know, atmospheric events and, you know, yeah. uh, meteors and everything else. And there was nothing for that entire area, like no military activity, you know, like no rocket launches, none of that normal stuff that you could use to explain away this really bizarre encounter of some sort. And um, yeah, to this day, I have no rational explanation for where that light came from or could what you, happened could you have like i know you were inside of a tent and it's like diffused yeah. but were you able to like make a guess at like size like was it a yard of light or i have foot? no idea it's it seems like like it was uh in the trees behind me and up you know like because these are really tall like you know these towering pine trees or whatnot 
and it was coming down through them, but there were no shadows. You know, like if you were imagining something but that was outside of the forest with a big light shining down in, you'd kind of imagine that there would be these intense bright shadows or whatever that were pushed into it. But there are no shadows. It was like it was directly focused on me somehow through Ugh. the trees from an upward <laughs> upward angle. It was so it was so holy weird. shit, dude. Yep. That was an alien. <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea but that's that's one of the only things that i could think of like oh it was, man it was, it was super weird. and then now, is... that was that was before all this like uap stuff like really started like coming up and then you, we're hearing about all of those weird areas oh yeah this would have been, would have been right before the, the navy released all the ufo yeah. evidence and all the, the declassified all the shit yeah man uh dude that's well i mean first of all it's unidentified it's up in yep. the trees it was flying or floating yeah. you know yep. so in a, it could be unidentified floating object yep. uh dude that's rad this is actually one of my this is probably one of my favorite halloween spectacular stories if uh, anyone has ever brought to the table dude <laughs> it, it was it was a wild experience and um and like i said like i i am normally a very rational skeptical person and and I, I would like, if anybody knows what that was, uh, let me know. I'll give you the date. <laughs> but, See, but it was wild. That's the problem with me is like, I mean, I guess like, I like to believe myself, you know, I'm, 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 I'm like more like cynical to the, you know, with a lot of things, <laughs> but man, with, when it comes to aliens, dude, I want to believe, you know, <laughs> it doesn't take much of a nudge. If you're like, dude, I saw a UFO. I'm like, man, you saw an alien, dude. <laughs> that's a flying fucking saucer man <laughs> but yeah i guess like you know that's the thing is like even with like the military like they don't like it or it appears that you know with like with that that one jet pilot the one that like really got caught all the great footage mm -hmm. the navy pilot he was just like dude i don't i have no idea what i was looking at i mean it could have been it could have been uh just extremely advanced chinese tech but for right. all you know like yeah, and and it, it's it's really weird, and they're really experienced pilots, and there are more and more of them. I I just watched the thing yesterday. Uh, it was on like a really big uh, normal like news outlet like CNN or the Today Show or something like that, where now more and more airline pilots that are like commercial airline pilots are talking about these weird things that they're seeing flying around at night or whatever, and pulling these like really insane uh, maneuvers that would like liquefy a human, you know, in terms of g forces. Oh yeah, a lot of cool like drone stuff going on. But even with that kind of technology, there's there's something happening that uh, we're not really able to explain, or at least the government's not willing to let us in on. And so, uh, so yeah, it's interesting. It'll be it'll be weird and interesting to see uh, as more stuff gets declassified and uh, time goes on. You know, it seems like this is an increasing occurrence. So, I mean, they have that uh, over at Area Fifty One, dude. They have that. Uh the spacecraft that you know they're you they're like reverse engineering the tech off that dude so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it could be allegedly could be unidentified, uh you know aerial phenomenon that we created based on alien tech you know yeah. um, we're due for a significant advancement like that that'd be pretty interesting man yeah dude that's what this this world needs is just we need a, a sophisticated alien race to come down here and just help us sort things out so we can stop fucking arguing on twitter <laughs> that would be pretty cool yeah it would be really interesting i mean you especially in like science fiction and whatnot the concept of having you know like a an advanced intelligence come and you know be like oh yeah you're in about the right stage for us to start 
you know, kind of arbitrating a uh, joining like a galactic civilization or, you know, something like that. Uh, it would be really cool if there were, if we had some sort of like uh, mentor species uh, out there that could be like, yeah, okay, you don't want to blow yourselves up. You know, this is going to like pass in a little while and, you know, you can move into this really awesome space of like, you know, peace and productivity and we're going to help you get there. Uh, yeah. So that, that's always been one of those ideas that has captured my, uh, my attention and interest. Uh, uh, there's a recent tweet that I saw that I liked so much. It was somebody that was like, he's like, He's like, he's like, I'm not a socialist, man. I just want faster than light travel. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that's the thing is like, if we want a federation of planets, dude, that, you know, we're going to have to get past this, uh, this war shit and this fascism shit, because that does not advance uh, our ability to travel the cosmos. No, no. I mean, we're super divided. We haven't even been to the moon in like, is it 50 years or something like that? That's horse shit, man. We should go to the moon every day. I know. <laughs> and we shouldn't have to use fossil fuels either we should by now if you know if we weren't just going into these endless fucking pointless climate destroying wars the kind of tech we could have you know yeah just whenever we get really motivated as a species awesome stuff comes out of it and so if we could just like you know get our shit together and it might take a big inciting incident you know like uh discovering that there are alien species or something like that but whenever we really focus and work together on a communal goal uh, even just from a country standpoint where we're like uh you know the the russians are going to the moon we need to figure this out right now and get into space like we we pushed so much advancement during that like decade or so window yeah uh, it was just fantastic and then and then we got we got there and then we just kind of let it lapse as we got more focused into all of our normal domestic bullshit and if we were able to pull together, not only nationally, but as a global civilization, we could make huge advancements that would be, you know, leaps, pushing the, the actual, you know, species forward by leaps and bounds, instead of all this divided and contentious crap, you know, man, I'm, you know what, I'm not even going to go down the road because <laughs> <laughs> it is the Halloween spectacular, man. And we're, uh, and you really, man, away man, I love it. I love it, dude fucking in one trip almost getting eaten alive by a fucking lion and then <laughs> and then having a close encounter of the third kind uh that's fucking sick we'll do hey while i have you here man because i don't think we ever set this in stone and this is uh halloween related uh because yeah. we are always doing our uh 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 original film versus sequel or original film versus uh remake uh did you ever agree to the crow versus crow city of angels yeah yeah no i, I i'm down to do that um i downloaded them and and so i've been uh I, I watched them maybe a few weeks ago so it's about the right time where if we set something up i'll go back through them and you know actually do the the study breakdown kind of a deal so this is gonna I, be it'll be fun this is gonna be the most divisive one we ever do man I, so I <laughs> <laughs> all right brandon man i'll see you back on the podcast for the crow versus the crow man sounds good thanks right. doug Happy Halloween, man. Yeah, you too. Wow, boys and ghouls. That was a really scary story. Oh, no. A hound of hell. I anyway, I still feel kind of uh, a little bit insecure about being the only host this time because co-host Zach couldn't make it. I don't feel like I'm alone, and I feel like the wind is saying a bunch of really bullshit stuff to me. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, uh, I can't wait to find out what terrifying tale is up next. Welcome, Sasha Serbel, to the Halloween Spooktacular. I'm sitting here alone in a haunted mansion because my co-host got in a bit of a kerfuffle on a rainy road in the dark of night on the way here. So I'm very scared. I'm surrounded by spirits, I think. But I've heard you've got a more terrifying tale than I've ever heard told. Yeah, it's a tale about, you know, the connection between the spirit world and maybe our world, you know, or if it is a separate world or if it's just the same world with that's inhabited by, you know, by beings that can't touch each other or that can't feel each other or, you know, kind of the upside down or, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something that, that makes you makes you think. And even though I'm not a believer in anything, really, I don't, it, it may be it maybe touches on what your mind sees or what your mind wants to believe. So, um, yeah, it's a story that kind of started over two years ago um, when my dad passed away. So my dad passed away right before COVID hit. And, um, you know, he wasn't, I mean, it was a bit of a surprise. He wasn't healthy, but we thought, you know, he, you know, he had a couple more years, you know, at least a decade more in him. But he passed away kind of suddenly in the night. And uh, right after the funeral and everything was over, sort of COVID in a couple of weeks started, the lockdowns and everything. <clears throat> so then, you know, I didn't really get a chance to deal with with that. Uh, you know, I was right after the funeral in two weeks, I was Lysoling my vegetables like everybody else. I was, you know, yeah, masks on and the whole world changed. And I remember actually thinking, wow, he's, you know, this is something big that happened in the world that he completely missed. You know, it's just, and, uh, but I just didn't process those emotions because life happened, you know, the world went into some chaos and time goes by, you know, it's like a year later, uh, COVID's loosening up and it is what it is. I can't, you know, I, I had a pretty good relationship with him, but you know, there's definitely things that I wish were said. So, it doesn't matter. I'm a grown-up. Look, life. That sometimes you got to take the, you know, the, the cards as they, the dice as they fall, right? But anyway, a year later, I'm at a party. Uh, COVID's less up, and you know, we're outside one of those first parties. And randomly, I meet this girl. Who I don't really know her. She's a friend of a friend. And somebody mentioned <clears throat> ayahuasca. I think I mentioned it kind of as a, as a joke. And she started telling me that she did it, and that she did it recently like a month ago and all of a sudden she starts telling me a story about her dad died right before covid and i'm like wow you know i didn't even tell her about my dad it was just so so i kept listening and she goes yeah i went on a she said she said she didn't have a good relationship with her dad and um he, when he died a lot was left sort of unsaid and she she didn't feel cool about it and it's been bugging her and it kind of one day she decided to take ayahuasca and she went to some yoga retreat upstate new york like two hours outside of the city she actually looked it up on my phone right yeah and she opened the browser and like found the website she goes this it doesn't advertise it but this yoga retreat is you know they do like a silent retreat and then you do yoga for a couple of days but it has a tent on the far end of the property in the woods 
where these two dudes, you know, if you want, they'll they'll kind of shaman you through ayahuasca trip, right? It's got like nice. had it, you know, it's very comfortable. Yeah. She's showing me like the pictures. And uh, she said, look, you know, I, I, she asked me if you ever taken it. I'm like, no, no, I've never taken ayahuasca. And she said, well, what happened was she decided to take it after a couple of days of yoga and whatever. And the first half hour is terrible. She told me, I don't know if you've ever talked, have you taken it? Uh, I've had DMT. Okay. Similar. I don't know. That's yeah, but, active ingredient. I, I know it's like, I haven't had anything like ayahuasca is like fucking, that's like seven hours and shit. Yeah. So, 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 so I understand. So basically her last day, she decided to do it. She's telling me how the first half hour was terrible. I mean, it was just, you're throwing up. She was throwing up. She's like, you know, it's bad. And it, plus you're, you're hot. You're, no, you're, you're, you're throwing up, you feel bad. And you're, you know, you're in a mental state where, you know, it's, it's hard to, to focus and it's hard to, and that passes. And like in an hour later, she's just kind of getting relaxed. Uh, the dudes kind of left her alone in the room. She was just mellow. And then she tells me, look, I don't believe in anything spiritual. I don't believe in ghosts or anything. I'm not a religious person. She's like, she, she said she's like a Buddhist, but she doesn't believe in the, you know, reincarnation part, whatever. So she's a pretty down to earth person. And she's just like an hour or two later, she felt kind of like her dad's presence. And she was just there in front of her, sitting down next to her. And she said, and then I had a two and a half hour discussion with my father. And she's like, whatever it is, the spirit, the my projection of him, you know, like whatever it is. And she goes, I don't believe in anything, but I, since then I feel better. I got it off my chest. He, he, it was him. I don't know. She's like, I don't know if I have the imagination to, I didn't know I had the imagination to recreate him in my mind the way I did. Yeah. You know, and it was really kind of spooky to her, but at the same time, even though she doesn't believe in it, so what she thinks mind? she thinks it's her she thinks it's her uh, like her subconscious. Yeah, she thinks it's a it's a the AI of her dad in her head, you know. Yeah, that her mind projected it because that's what she was seeking, you know, or that's what you know. Maybe that's what she needed to hear, and uh, and she said, you know, whatever. I, I it is what it take it or leave take take it for what it is. I don't it hasn't changed my opinion about the spirit world or ghosts or or the next life or whatever, but it helped her. So fast forward as months go by and, um, you know, my girlfriend's visiting her family. She's away for the week. It's the week between Christmas and new year. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, oh. man. You, you think you yeah, guys sorry. are going through a dead zone. Okay. Uh, what about now? Yeah. Good. I can hear you. All right. All right. So basically, for me, it was the now fast forward a couple of months, it's the week before Christmas and New Year, and I'm alone. I mean, my girlfriend's traveling, she's visiting her family, and I'm alone and bored and kind of depressed. I mean, I'm just lonely. And, you know, feelings of my dad start percolating up. And I just open my phone randomly, and I see that the browser, you know how your browser kind of, when somebody opens the, you know, Safari on your phone? Yeah. You know how it leaves the, so I could see it, it's still there. Yeah. That, that, you know, retreat. And I got, I was like, I got three days to kill. Fuck and yeah. I, do it. 
and I do this thing, and I'm not, I'm so, I mean, like, I'm the guy who makes fun of all this new agey shit, I, you know, and, but fuck it, I got nothing to do, whatever, at least I'll, I'll do some yoga, I'll be healthy for a couple of days after all the Christmas turkey and all that shit, right, and uh, I go up there, I drive up there alone, I've done yoga five times in my life, but now I'm on a yoga retreat, and everybody's, everybody knows what they're doing, I'm like the worst, you know, most clumsy guy there. <laughs> they spend half a day being quiet. You know, that's fucking all I want to do is look at my phone. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and, dude. Do so you have to be last, quiet? <laughs> yeah, and all, all the time, all the time, I'm looking at the tent. You know, like yeah. I'm looking at the, at the far end of the, but I know it's there. And they're like, yeah. And I said, all right, maybe, maybe I'll come back tomorrow. And it's because tomorrow was my last day. And uh, again, I'm even more cynical about all this stuff, even less of a believer than this girl, you know? Yeah. And uh, all right, whatever, fuck. I go the last day, right? And, um, it, you know, it's first of all, I'm freaking, I don't, I'm not a, I don't take anything, you know? Like, I'm very, so I, I'm not, I'm very nervous. You don't even I'm take anxious. like, you don't take like mushrooms or ever? No, 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 I don't do anything. And, uh, you know, but here, I'm, you know, maybe it'll, you know, help you connect or whatever. And I, then I, um, you know, I take it. So I'm like a virgin, right, to this stuff. And it is not, the, I didn't throw up, but the first half hour, like, just anxiety and, and nervousness and like, what the fuck am I doing? I can't believe this. You feel like it's going to last forever like this, right? Yeah. And but then it <laughs> passes and you calm down. And, yeah, that's and the good I know part. it's going to sound stupid. And I, yeah. And I know it's going to, again, I don't believe, you know, just for, I don't believe in spirits or whatever, or, you know, ghosts or, you know, I wasn't particularly spiritual. My dad wasn't either. We're, we're not, you know, but, you know, and I know it's going to sound corny, but the same thing that happened to that girl happened to me. And for the next couple of hours, I had a two hour discussion with her dead father and um you know great guy uh loves loves to fish big giants fan just a, a good hang you know oh, he sounds so, like a perfect dude like for you to talk to man <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a great great time to hang out you know i was glad he was there with me yeah <laughs> so that's Whoa. my story I've, I've never taken ayahuasca this whole thing was just <laughs> are you telling me that you yanked my chain yeah, yeah, that's that's the spooky part. See, yeah, the, 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 I've I've done this on stage, and people, the the, the level of disappointment. I I do it like this on stage, and I preface <laughs> it, but I don't believe in anything. There's yeah. no, you know, there's no afterlife. There's no, and then when when people hear that it's a joke at the end, when it's just, and they realize it's such a fucking disappointment. You see, all of their <laughs> eyes are disappointed because the spooky thing is that people want to believe. You know what's terrifying? There isn't yeah. anything. The terrifying thing, there's no goblins. There's no afterlife. There's no spirit world. We're I was all thinking about that ride. this morning, man. I was literally thinking about it this morning. I was like, I was like, when you die, is it do you just go to sleep and never wake up? <laughs> you know, there's there's actually a a I forgot, I think Bill Burr mentioned this. He was in Sweden or in Scandinavia. I think even the Christian sort of uh sects up there, the Christian religion up there, they don't believe in like an after, they don't believe in heaven or whatever. So um or he was talking to someone, he was like, well, what's that like? He goes, well, what happens when you die? And they're like, oh, you know what happened? You know how before you were born? And he goes, yeah, yeah well, that, that's what happens. It's just you're nothing. You're just, you know, <laughs> it just, life goes on for everybody except you, which is a bummer. 
And that's the scary part. That's the only scary part. I mean, all of this goblins and goop, you know, and Frankenstein, all that shit, it's all just to calm us down. I mean, as scary as that is, we're just terrified that there's nothing. Yeah. We're terrified that when you hear the wind howling in, the, in a dark forest, that there really isn't anything. It's bears, basically, which you should be afraid of. Yo, did you, you ever seen a? Uh, you ever seen Doctor Sleep? No. Oh, it's, oh, it's such a good. It's it's the sequel to The Shining, and that's what. Uh, so it's uh, the little boy from The Shining. Oh. He's he's grown up. And he works in hospice with like uh, all these people that are just on their deathbed, and he's but he's like got The Shining, and so yeah. like they call him Doctor Sleep because he always like whenever you're about to die, he kind of knows, and he comes in the room. And like everyone like just dies peacefully because of him. And he's just like, they're like, Oh, I'm so scared. I'm gonna die. And he's like, don't worry, man. It's just like going to sleep. And it's yeah. such a cool movie. Oh, you got to check it out. Oh dude. What a Halloween movie. Dr. Sleep. Everyone Dr. see it. I'm, I mean, I'm more, you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of as I drink this, this let's not mention the brand that we're going to get sued. That's, that's terrifying to me. More than, <laughs> more than, <laughs> and I'm afraid that you have to, you know, don't forget to blur this out. Cause you know, I don't know. Oh, there's no video component to this, dude. Okay, cool. Cool. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's my, my, you know, the terrifying thing is to live in this life knowing that, you know, there are no do-overs and, and uh, you know, redemption is, is difficult and, you know, I don't know. But I have, I will say this for your audience. I've done this joke at in New Haven at a club and, um, and there were some neuroscientists from Yale there. And after the club, they said, did you actually do ayahuasca? I'm like, no, I never did it. And they said, uh, you should do psilocybin. I'm like, really? I'm like, I've never done any of that stuff. And they're like, no, there's some. There's a lot of therapeutic studies now saying that psilocybin can help if it's like guided, you know. Dude, so, that's, I, I personally, I mean, I'm not being guided, but I, I make my own microdoses and take them, dude. It's yeah. fucking super fucking chill. There's no harmful side effects. And honestly, man, you know, if you're the kind of like, I, you know, dude, I'm not going to try and sell you. I'm not going to prescribe doing drugs or things like, like that. But yeah, yeah. You know, I think if you, if you were to trip really fucking hard, I think it might uh, open your mind a little bit to like, maybe there's that, it, that it's not yeah. just you're here and then you're gone and then you're nothing and yeah. you're just fucking dirt and worms. I think that uh, you might be like, have the opportunity to kind of, you know, because it pulls away the veil from your eyes, dude. That's just my I'm personal skeptical. opinion. I'm skeptical of it. And see, this is the only reason. It's not that, like I'm talking to neuroscientists, so they probably know what they're talking about. What I'm skeptical of is if it really does, if this ayahuasca helps people and psilocybin helps people, you know, where, where's this blissful nirvana we're supposed to be living in after everybody's opened their third eye with this enlightenment? There's a sort of, there's a, I mean, Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. One of the last lines is that you know the, the big hook to the drug culture that you know is that you can buy enlightenment for twenty dollars a hit. Yeah. Oh no. Well, guys, we lost Sasha Serbel. I'm gonna try and get him back. Hey, we're I got back. you back. Where, where did you leave off? Okay, so you were saying uh, at the end of Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. And I, other- I and I love this line, and I love uh, fucking Hunter S. Thompson. I love everything. You know, I've read every book that fucking guy wrote. And he was saying, yeah, he's like, he's like uh, Timothy Leary was trying to sell Enlightenment at five bucks a hit. Yeah, exactly. I feel, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you, dude. But at the same time, man, like, I don't consider mushrooms drugs, dude. I consider them medicine. 
Well, I mean, then sometimes they do make medicine out of some components of it. Or, or but the the issue is that um, it could. When I talk to the neuroscientists, again, this is me being skeptical, me not doing any of this stuff, me, you know. They said that really the gain of it is, is just that sometimes people live their whole life in this mode, right? Yeah. And when they take something like that, all of a sudden they're realized that they can look at things differently. Like it just, it just teaches you that the whole trick is to teach your brain or to teach you that you don't have to think like this, that you don't, you can make change, that your brain is plastic. Yeah. So that's what they said that the, that the thing is, that's the, thing a lot of people that do take uh you know these these things i'm not in, into that but whatever if it if it does it, you know this girl really said it helped her so i don't but I don't <laughs> is it. she real again but then i've talked to other people i've talked to other people yeah yeah i did meet somebody who said that but i didn't i didn't follow her down and you know like i know a guy who says i took it in the 90s and he was like telling me they he just took it for fun it wasn't anything like you know yeah spiritual about it but so kids don't do drugs <laughs> so kids do drugs <laughs> no. all right they, they can decide we have to do uh, you know what things. kids but, do like, yeah, uh, yeah fucking uh d- decide for yourself man well Sasha. yeah look i mean well, kids should. <laughs> adults no kids should but adults I don't know. Do what do whatever is legal in your municipality. Um, I mean, so, yeah. I feel like most people That's, start taking if you most people that are going to take hallucinogens in their life start doing it when they're kids. I hope not. Like teenagers. Kids? Well, teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. That's not dude. And there's a lot of let's not there's a. I mean, you know, uh, what's his name? I don't mean to be Debbie Downer here, but there's a lot of cases. You know what happened to uh, Nick Cave's son? Who's Nick Cave? Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. You know the band? They no. Look them up. They're, they're a good band. Nick Cave. Okay. They're bigger. They're bigger in Europe. Um, he had, you know, he his son basically jumped off a cliff on on acid. I mean, oh, it was damn. like you know, you know that story that every every suburban, yeah. you know, town has. Oh, somebody took acid and then they got ran over by a train. And you think it's an urban legend? Well, apparently it happens every once in a while. So it could be dangerous. So don't, you know. So this guy's son actually jumped off a cliff or fell oh, off damn. a cliff. They, they they don't know, you know. Well, I will say this, man. It's a tweet that I, uh, it's a very recent tweet of mine where I said, say, you know, regardless of your opinion of psychedelics, uh, nobody's out here putting fentanyl in fucking mushrooms. So it's got that no, going for it. <laughs> I think that, I also think that the the people, I mean, I know that's the fear now is like fentanyl and, 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 and candy and shit. Yeah, it's so and fucking stupid. It's like, why would they, these people want to make money. They don't know, they're not giving it away, right? Yeah. Like right. That's, <laughs> It's every every generation has some sort of fentanyl or razor blades or you know like it's just fear. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, Sasha, man, thank you for calling me from your haunted hearse that you're driving on the freeway in. <laughs> Ron, Ron here's driving. Say hi. Oh, Ron. yeah, Ron. Thanks so much for What's the up? haunted haunted uh, ride, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Happy Halloween, my friends, and uh, good luck with your show tonight. All right. Thank you very much, Doug. Happy Halloween and all the best. Peace out. Peace. Holy shit. What a scary story. Man, it gets spookier and spookier. But I don't know, man. Do you guys think that, like, maybe I'm not good enough to do this alone? Yeah. You're not. 
wish I could kill myself again! Well, anyway, the wind is sure making some fucking fucked up sounds, but it's time for me to go to the next terrifying tale. Welcome, Shannon Hardy, to the Halloween Spooktacular. I'm recording from a haunted mansion all alone because my co-host never made it, and I'm surrounded by dark spirits. But I'm sure that it's nowhere near as terrifying as the tale that you're about to tell. How are you doing? I'm good. I need to send you some evil eyes, some spooky shit going on. But yeah, I'm doing good. I love Halloween. Excited to do this episode. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually grew up in a haunted house. Oh shit. I you know, I don't want to like be, be doing the whole like, oh, we do think, but I I briefly lived in a haunted house. Not I didn't grow up in one, but I lived in one for about two years. That's my favorite part, actually, when people respond with that, because there's a 50-50 chance when you say that, that people are just going to be like, oh, this person's insane. They believe that they grew up in a haunted house. No one will ever convince me that that house wasn't fucking haunted, man. There's just too much, too much weirdness, you know, and I'm like, and I've lived in a billion houses and I haven't like, I don't go to every like, like I'm in a house right now. I lived in this house for like a year, a little over a year. I've never once been like, it's haunted because it's not. (laughs) <laughs> no yeah that's the thing it's like you especially if you i don't know how long you live there but there it's always funny when you come to that point where you're like no i 1000 believe that there's like a, an energy <laughs> i'm just gonna close my screen door because i live in a very haunted uh area called hollywood boulevard and it is oh cool <laughs> <laughs> stay out ghosts yes um but yeah that's where did where was the haunted house that you grew up in Oh, uh, well, I didn't grow up here. I, I didn't grow up in it. It was just in Nashville that I just, I just lived in there for, a, I was still really, I mean, I was still a kid technically. I was like a teenager. So okay. it was a place that my mom got, like she rented it for us to live in and mm-hmm. it was like old and I don't know what was going on about it, but like, I feel like the most, all right, this is the most unbelievable thing. This is the thing that most like people have laughed in my face about this where I was had uh there was one time where I was like trying to fall asleep and it really felt like someone came up like close to my ear and went duck and I woke and I and I wasn't asleep though I was like falling asleep uh-huh. and like it was like something came up and said my name into my ear and woke me up and I was like shit and so it was freaky as hell but it was like also a time period in my life where like I I always had like that was like where like skateboarding was my whole life is all I cared about. And I always I had so many homies. So mm-hmm. like oftentimes like my bedroom would have like a couple other dudes in it, you know, anyway. Just like I had like a spare bed and like, <laughs> so there'd, be, like another, there'd be like another, you know, but like whenever there was like whenever like my homies weren't there, that's when the ghost would like start doing shit, you know. Oh, it was that's like so funny. it was never there was never never if like never if someone else was around, you know. Um that Which is really people- <laughs> which makes me sound like more of a liar friends fucking with you and just in your ear being like doug doug how many but, people did you live with oh just my mom oh i i don't know why you were saying oh but they were just around long, oh long. this is just like like my friend like just i had friends that like never went home they would just stay up like they wouldn't leave my house they would like 
I was that friend. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> my house was haunted. I was like, please. Yeah. I don't want to go back to the haunted house. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the you thing was like, I'd have, I'd have friends and like, we, we'd be out skateboarding, you know, like, especially because a lot of spots we wanted to skate, you have to go at two in the morning or whatever, you know, so then like, they couldn't really go home. They had to come back to my house. So we would, you know. Oh, funny. So yeah. Like, I mean, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, I can picture like a bunch of teenage skateboard boys being like, I don't care. This house is haunted or like, or whatever. But because <laughs> I, when I told my girlfriends when I was like a kid growing up, they were like, I'm not sleeping. We're not doing a sleepover here. Like yeah. that's not like girls are like, we're, we believe you. We're, we're scared <laughs> because we would also play like Ouija board and stuff. So it was like, oh yeah, that's just asking for it. Yeah, and they always played at my house. I was like, guys, we're gonna like <laughs> it's gonna be like a part of the hell underneath my home. <laughs> yeah. But that's so scary, just like your name. Is that like I don't know? That was the only time that happened. That was that was like that was probably I would say the spookiest thing. And also fuck, I feel like they fuck with you while you're sleeping a lot. Like that's the thing for them. It's because you're like that's vulnerable. Like stereotype ghost, but like they do fuck with you a lot in your sleep. Yeah. Well, it was also like, but, you know, things like I'd see shit out of the corner of my eye, you know, like, you know, like something like going out of the hall, you know, but then mm-hmm. you, it's like, you I mean, can't come like on, prove that. they're like, oh, you saw something. Yeah. But I'm like, but I'm like, why is this happening all the time? You know, it's over the course of like yeah. two years. It happened like freak or like a, like a lot of it would be like sounds. And it wasn't like shit where I'm like, oh, the air conditioner turned on. It would be like, you know, like thump, thump dump and i'm like what made that sound <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah like is there a fucking bear in my house yeah sure okay so I, this wasn't the story that i was gonna tell but this will be really quick so there was one time on uh on like 420 where like there was like a bang in my house and i was like super high so i called the cops like thinking someone like broke in and so the cops come, there's like a helicopter over my house, like shining, like a bright light. Like, as oh, if they're sure. like, yeah, it was, it was a whole thing. And then there, I was so embarrassed because they came in and it just smelled like weed. And they were like, oh, this girl like imagined it. But I'm like 100% certain that I did hear a big bang. And I was like, I always got a weird vibe in the house. I'm like, I think that that like, I don't know. I'm like, I know that something like rammed at the door and like tried to get in, yeah. but <laughs> it happened at the wrong i'm like i know this looks crazy it's 420 but i prompt but yeah it is really weird when you're like i know that i saw something like spooky happen and then trying to explain it like you can't not sound crazy so i really relate to that feeling where you're like yeah. whatever but um it's funny because the i feel like the scariest time in the in the haunted house that I'm like talking about. So I grew up in Massachusetts and um my backyard was kind of like a, a graveyard. Like we didn't have a yard. Oh so shit. Up, yeah. Like I grew up like and, it's, and that's like the most haunted state in America. These were not these were like John Proctor ass like bad pilgrims. Like these people like yeah they like burned witches. Those are like bad people. Yeah like if I don't know. Um I was like and also to be honest, I'm like, as like a young, a young girl, like, it's like, of course they would fuck, like they would fuck with me. Like if me and my friends are playing the Ouija board on it. So I think that, uh, I think the house was haunted already because it was built like on a cemetery. And also I'm pretty sure that like there were native Americans that like obviously died, like, you know, when the pilgrims came. 
and they didn't bury them properly, but they yeah. gave like the pilgrims their graves, which was where like, so those are the people that were in my backyard. And so the, what people would say around town is like, like, I'm pretty sure like this area of houses were, were built like on dead native Americans, like in the poltergeist. Yeah. Oh, that's not really, I'm pretty sure that's like part of the lore with the poltergeist. It's like talking about that, but like, um, so I was like, yeah, there's some, I was like, whether it's good or bad, there's just like a feeling of anger, you know? And so, um, girls wouldn't like sleep over at my house, but like they would come over and like do Ouija board. Like some girls would sleep over, like the ones who were like, I don't give a fuck. Like, but, um, yeah. Um, so there was like one time I remember, like I had the same experience where like a ton of shit would happen in the house all the time, whether it was like, I would hear like scratching on the walls or, um, just like banging from the attic. Like I saw something be thrown across the room when it was just me in the room. Like that was crazy. That was probably like the, I think the scariest moments I'm like, when I can act, like I've seen things be like, literally be like, like, sorry, this is a tequila bottle that my roommate left out. But like. (laughs) just like a thing pop up and I'm like, I didn't move that. And it's just me. So it's either me or psychosis or like whatever. Yeah. But, um, but so the scariest times weren't when I was alone, it was actually when it was with other people because it was undeniable. And I was like, ah, oh, that is real. I'm like, what's scared. I'm like, I yeah. wasn't, I'm like, I kind of, I was like, I kind of hope it's in my fucking head yeah. because if not, this is fucking scary as shit. So like, watching someone else see it and them get scared was like way scarier um but or like if it was like in the middle of the day it was like god damn these people don't even have hours like they're just like out here but like so yeah so anyway so it was like before a middle school dance um a bunch of girls like agreed to get ready at my house we're like 13 and we're all getting ready and um in my bedroom there was this like vanity where we would get ready and we're all kind of like waiting in line to use the vanity and like straighten our hair and like get all whatever. And um, so we're all looking in that direction is the point. And behind the vanity was like this, uh, this window and all the windows were closed. All the doors were closed and we're all looking this way when like suddenly the, um, the shade on the window, like, you know, like those blinds that you just like pull up and down, just like slowly went up on its own like no one was touching it like like literally like as if someone was pulling the string yeah and then it went like it direct like it directed itself outward and then it unraveled itself again like i'm not (laughs) in the midair and we're all just like watching this like oh my god and then it slowly lifted down like so if it was like a breeze like that wouldn't be like the the time like the way it would fall down like a like if it was the wind doing that it would just like fall down like that but it was just like floated slowly down and we all just looked at each other screamed and like ran out of my <laughs> of my bedroom for my mom and so my mom is like in the kitchen or whatever and just like seven screaming 13 year old girls were like the shade in the room or whatever whatever and my mom's like doesn't know what to do because she like now it's like she knew it was haunted, but what are you going to tell it? Like, also, like, she believed. Now she's like, there was something weird, but like, she still yeah. doesn't like to say it. But like, my I feel, brother, I feel like maybe sometimes like kids are more in tune, you know? Like, yeah. maybe you're like adults are more able to like just block off what they're 
you know, does that I, make sense? I, I think it does make sense. Like, I, like, like, like adults are more psychically blocked off because of what life is, you know, because they've been through so much life and kids are more open and raw. Dude, she's like, I got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. Like, she's like, I wasn't like, my mom was so busy at that point in her life that I think that you're like, you're right. Like, she's not thinking about that kind of stuff. So when I talk to her about it, like, she's just like, um, like, I don't even, that's not what was on my mind at that point in time. I was like up at six in the morning handling three, like crazy kids all the time yeah but now she feels bad because she's like like i think she like it's like, <laughs> like yeah i probably fucking was but i was like what am i supposed to do call an exorcist like yeah. at the same time i get it like that's like if you're like living in it like because we didn't like we didn't have the money to like move out so like she was just like i mean if it is fucking haunted baby like get comfy you know yeah. like we're <laughs> anyways so like if anything that's probably the best thing she could have done is been like but she did we did have a priest come by whoa yeah so like i was when i was getting confirmed the catholic church like like thought well this the catholic church that i went to thought that there was a demon like they said like after me or fucking me but basically like so i'm like you thought that there was a demon inside of me like ba- like is what they told my parents they're like dude, catholics are fucking wild dude I'm like, <laughs> I'm just a bitch. like i'm not like like I'm, like I'm not fucking demonic i'm just like a brat um which is funny because i was because my parents were like of course like they because i was such a pain in the ass as a kid that like they were pissed off like they're because so they called my parents and they're like, we're having Shannon do, um, she can't get confirmed unless she does one-on-one sessions with our nun. So they pulled me out of my like confession classes and every every like Wednesday after school, I would have to just sit with this nun and she would like ask me these like very prying questions and like basically because they like about like my sex life, like because... They okay, we have to like say I was slaying like at 15, they were like <laughs> hot bitch, like I did not give a fuck. And so like <laughs> Yeah, so you were cool and then they were like threatened by it. <laughs> yeah, they were like, Who's this big whore? Like, and yeah. I was just like, girl, shut up. And I did not care. And um, they started fucking saying it's Pazuzu because <laughs> but it's like you're just I, having I, fun. Yeah, I was like, I I thought it was funny. Like I was like, yeah, I play Ouija. Of like the Ouija board she was like and she's horrified and my mom was like first of all why would you tell that to the nun like of course she's gonna like freak out and whatever yeah so it was like, I was I'm like also like as a kid you don't have a filter you're like yeah I did that what do you like it's not illegal to play the Ouija board what's she gonna do arrest me like I yeah. didn't think it'd be like a, I didn't think it would be a big deal is and this a I, church or a school this is a church so like I went to public school but okay. my parents are super catholic so then like um at, like to get confirmed or whatever into the church you would send your your kid like every wednesday for a year to catholic school classes until they could eat the bread or whatever okay i don't know anything about that but yeah i, yeah. I, I get it. i get it it's like a ceremony yeah so for for a year i was just like chilling with that nun and they hated me uh-huh yeah, they because they were like, "What do you want to do when you get older?" I was like, "I think I want to like write and like go to Hollywood." And they were like, 
Hollywood's where the devil is. Book them. And then like sent a priest to my house. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. So, so what, did the, what did the priest do? Was he, did he believe in ghosts? Yeah. He just like, he came in with like a bunch of holy water and, um, went through the whole house, but most of his time was in my bedroom. Okay. <laughs> and just like we're throwing holy water all over my like little pink bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just chilling there. My mom just looking at me, like shaking her head, like you little shit. Like, I'm like, I didn't do this. Like it's not my fault. They, I've, you know, cause it was like when, when they told like my family that they were putting me in these separate classes, they were just like, uh, it wasn't like I was an asshole. They couldn't like give a reason. They're like, we just got, she's just a bad vibe. Like, so <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, it's like if uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose was just like people weren't like vibing with her. Like, yeah. She's just like annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just is annoying. And they're like, she's fucking <laughs> possessed. I just don't like the look of that one is basically what they said to me. And I was like, that's accurate. That's, Although, you know, that's a true story. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but like that's, uh Emily Rose was a real person who really did like think she was possessed and so did her family and so did the priests and she did die and like but I think I think cuz people got in trouble cuz they were like she died of like malnourishment and all kinds of weird fucked up shit because they weren't giving her medical treatment they were giving her like uh exorcisms there's a whole history of like women who have been actually just mentally ill and then the catholic church says oh you're bewitched and then they like are not treated properly like actually like abused by the church i mean yeah. it's very much like those like um oh i'm i don't know but anyways yeah it's 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 abusive and it's like it's like kind of how like you know historically like people who are like women who are like in mental health uh me mental institutions or like anyone who's like in a mental institution will get like abused yeah yeah well, it's like, even if you're not mentally ill, if you're just someone that the Catholic church didn't fuck with, like they were yeah. like, that, you know, but no, I did not have an Emily Rose situation. That's like really fucked up, but I have read a lot of the transcripts of like exorcists that like exorcisms that have been performed, yeah. like, uh, like famous ones. Cause like you, it's harder to find the audio recordings, but there actually is like a database that you can find of like everything that's like said, because I was very interested in what you were talking about, like how, um, I, I wanted to know, I'm like, are they like, because I know that people have actually died, gotten sick, like having physical illnesses. I'm like, is it neglect? Is it abuse? Like how, like, cause I know, like, of course, like I believe in spirits or whatever, and possibly like some sort of demon demonization. But I do think that the majority of it is probably just like mental illness or abuse happening. Yeah. So I was reading these transcripts and they're so funny. Like there was like one quote from like, one of like when the demon was like inside of this woman, she turned out, I think, fine. Like this, this person, I couldn't remember which exorcism this was, but it was like, you could not imagine like what it's like for me to be down here in hell, which Whoa. is just like, it was like, like, uh, basically like things are so hard for me, like is what the demon sounded like. And I was like, yeah. like it's like, we all know her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's but, oh, that's nuts, man. Yeah, yeah, because um, I mean, a lot of that does sound like maybe it's just like a cry for cry for help, or maybe yeah, like a mental, sure. uh, like, maybe like a split personality type thing where they think that, uh, like they think that one of their personality, you know, that they think that a, d a demon lives inside of them, but it's really more just like self hatred or something. And who just, fucking like, knows? Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. But, but like, I don't want to say like, man, I feel like this. 
it's kind of weird i guess because we're both in the same boat of being like we're both like we both flat out just said we believe we lived in the haunted houses but then like now we're sitting here like being like yeah but the catholic church doesn't know shit (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, I believe what I saw. Well, that's what I was saying where I was like, it was so much scarier when I saw someone else see it because then there was no other explanation. Like, it's like, it was, I'm like, I'm, I can't be mentally ill if someone else just witnessed it. Like there was one time where I walked into my house after school and I was hearing like a uh, breathing, but it was like, it was coming from the middle of the room. So it was like, Ugh. Like it was like a, it was like a bear was breathing in the middle of my room and it's broad daylight, three o'clock. And, um, I'm like, my parents usually weren't home after school cause they were like working. But this day, my stepdad just happened to be home. And so it's like, fucking yes. Like I'm going to prove to all of them. That there's this ghost. They're going to hear this shit. And I like pulled him upstairs and I'm like, and so we're both sitting in the middle of the room. Like you hear that, right? Like you hear that deep breathing. And he was just like, yeah, that is for sure a sound that I hear right now. I don't know where it's coming from. He's like, maybe it's a squirrel. And I was like, a squirrel. I remember being like, <laughs> so I'm like, you think that noise is a squirrel? I was like, I am not. I was like, you got another thing coming. If you think that there's a squirrel somewhere like in the floorboards making that noise. Cause yeah. it was just like, have you ever heard a squirrel breathe? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, maybe something like, it wasn't because it wasn't like it was dying. It was just like yelling. It was like a pure yell. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, can I? But that was that was freaky. Can I say like a thing that like so this is like one of my the, one of the things that was like I felt like I experienced the most, which has also like no tangible proof I could possibly give, but it's also one of the things that's interesting as a person. Do you know like when uh if someone's fucking staring at you, like and you're not you're not looking like you could be looking the opposite direction, but you can tell someone is behind you staring at you like because you can just sense it yeah we don't we have senses that aren't like so in in real life i'm like dead like dead up 90 percent of the time if i think someone's staring at me and i turn around there's someone fucking staring at me like if that's happened so but what would happen to me in this house is i would feel like someone was staring at me but i'd look around and like there'd be no one there it would just you know like all i had was that 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 fuck that vibe or that like your hair is on the back of your neck stand up and you're like someone's looking at me yeah home alone (laughs) yeah for sure i've felt that and i do think that like we have that intuition biologically like i don't think that it's just a spiritual intuition that like that feeling that you're describing is like, I think that that is something that humans are born with, but I'm no, I don't really know what it's called to be quite honest, but I'm like, yeah, like you can set, like, it's like, you know, when you walk into a room of people, you can feel the vibe of the room or like yeah. what, what energy people are giving you. And if you're alone and you feel the energy of a presence, <laughs> yeah, that's odd. <laughs> can I, can I get, tell you my theory with my thing? Yeah. Like, I think I think the house itself had like whatever kind of like psychic residue, you know, whatever it it is that makes a place haunted that not everyone necessarily is going to pick up on. You know, like I said, like none of my friends ever felt like there was anything going on. Like it was always just me and like people. But uh, that was a, like a time period in my life when I got like super into uh, lucid dreaming. Like I did it as a practice and I wanted to be an Oneironaut because like that, I thought it was so cool. And I read so many books on it. And I was like, yeah, I want to get to the- there. What? Did you do this at the haunted house? 
I've been doing it for like a long time at that point. Like I'd gotten like I'd gotten to the point where I could uh, lucid dream on command. And yeah, I was doing it at the haunted house, but then I started like stopping doing it because I felt like maybe I was bringing back some of like when I would come back from the dream world, like I was bringing back some of the negative shit that needed to stay there that shouldn't that shouldn't be on this side of the mirror. Yeah, it's it's you know, it's like I don't think that it's funny because I've talked I have I know people who are like, yeah, I can lucid dream when I want. And I'm like, that's I don't know how you do that, but it's funny. So you read about how to do it. Uh, it's actually a, a pretty teachable skill and just a bunch of like, like simple practices. I actually had to, uh, I had to unlearn it. I had to, cause it became so disruptive. Even w- once I wasn't living in a house that I felt like the house itself had haunted shit going on, but that's where I first began being like, I don't want this anymore. Cause I got super good at it. But yeah, like I said, it was, it's not always pleasant. And you end up with a lot of like sleep paralysis uh panic that's attacks to because you have to have because you have to have a panic attack to wake up oftentimes because if you yeah, have, if, yeah, if, you have if you have a if you have sleep paralysis your brain is woken up your body hasn't and the only way to get out of that or that i had ever discovered but i had no teacher man i did the you know this would have been different if i did like it had a guide but you know i would uh i would start to cause myself to hyperventilate and panic and that would uh i guess maybe give a little surge of adrenaline into my body and wake my body up I have a really, I have okay. a, I have a interesting response to that, but my my Dunkin' Donuts is at the door, so I'm gonna go get. That. Okay, hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so yeah, I'm pretty sure lucid dreaming is um very much tied to like haunting, especially like with like demon energy. Like, I'm not saying that like I think all spirits are bad. Obviously, I think there's like good spirits and stuff. Yeah. But when I was um, living at that haunted house, I would lucid dream every night that I slept there, but only there. So if I slept at a girlfriend's house, I wouldn't lucid dream. And it was like I was having dreams of like the demon for yeah. six years. Straight. I, like, I'm not kidding, like every night for six years straight. So like I couldn't control when I was lucid dreaming, but I started to really believe in the haunting because of that. But also it could have been tied to like, me being scared of the house so i would only i would only have those dreams there you know what i mean um yeah. but yeah i it I sounds like it sounds like you were like in a perfect storm like a vortex because there's like the the house is basically like there's the psychic residue of the haunting there's the graveyard there's the possibly like disturbed native american burial uh like you know historically ground and they took it they put all these like crazy religious extremists you know buried them in the ground you know those people probably died with a bunch of unresolved issues then you've got like your church (laughs) that definitely believes in demons and then they're straight up telling you that you've got a demon in you i mean it's fucking crazy you turned out like so damn cool man (laughs) um well uh um it'd be funny if if right now you were like actually i am pazuzu (laughs) <laughs> that would be so I'm like I lucid like demon eyes it's crazy it's just like whenever I want I can go demon mode and my eyes like go black um, oh, that's wild yeah I'm like I but I think uh I'm like now as an adult I I I like well the closest I'll get to that kind of shit because I believe in it is like I'll go on ghost tiktok a lot like ghost hunters like yeah. there's one guy I follow from like South Carolina he's just some guy He's just some guy who like goes to haunted places with like one of those devices that's supposed to talk. Yeah, to like from Ghostbusters. 
Yeah. And it's so funny to me because sometimes <laughs> it'll be like a door will like creak open and then the ghost on the, on his little thing will be like, peep, peep, poop, bop, like, like <laughs> nonsense. Well, like one time it was literally like poop or like something. And I was like, that's hilarious. That is funny. Like, like I, cause also it's, it, there's a, it's like an EKG machine, I believe it's called, but so there's theories that it's just picking up radio waves and like mixing words together, which yeah. 100% sometimes that happens. Which, so it's even funnier. I'll be like promo code, get out, like, yeah, fuck yeah. you bitch, like whatever. <laughs> promo code, get out. Yeah. <laughs> 1-800, like new insurance, yeah. like, but um, yeah, so I, it's like an entertainment thing for me now because I'm like, oh, I don't live in a haunted house. And also like, it's my money and I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, um, yeah, I like I um I do think that like I live in a haunted area. I think that like Hollywood is super haunted. I like bet. even now, like this whole country's haunted, but I'm like there's some dark shit that's happened in Los Angeles. I'm sure there's like, I mean, I don't go on ghost tours or anything here, but I know there's definitely some negative energy over here. Yeah. Not just Massachusetts. I'm like Massachusetts definitely, but I, I didn't realize I like, coming here. I'm like, Oh, for sure. You know, at least it's sunny. <laughs> <laughs> Hot muggy ghost energy. Yeah. I feel like um, though, like I, I, I know this is silly as hell, but though, but like when it's like kind of shitty and like, cold and rainy and overcast that's like ghost weather you know i know it's cozy <laughs> i'm like in the mood for it i'm like not yeah. in the mood for it when i'm like being a bitch in my room like oh it's so fucking hot like oh my like, yeah yeah dude like who wants to be like haunted and be like uncomfortable and like like getting like chafed because you're sweating in your sheets <laughs> right there. Right, this is like the most massachusetts thing that we could have done is talk about ghosts while I eat a bacon, egg and cheese. I know <laughs> you got Dunkin' Donuts delivered to you while we're talking about being haunted in Massachusetts. I honestly, I didn't do it because of that. I haven't eaten today and I forgot. And then I forgot that we were doing this. <laughs> and then I hopped on. <laughs> it. I, was like, I was like, I have to wake up for this a little bit. It got here late, but in time, nonetheless, but yeah, I'm supposed to go back to and I really want to go to Salem, Massachusetts. I want to go back. I want to be scared because I feel yeah. like scared. I don't want to be scared. I want to be like, I, I don't know. I want to go on a ghost tour. I uh, I just went on a ghost tour last year. Yeah. Uh, I was I was in New Orleans and it was I was there. It was Halloween. It was literally Halloween day. And so oh, I wow. like I was like, dude, how am I not going to sign up on a ghost tour on Halloween day? I'm in New Orleans already. But it was like. I didn't get scared because for one thing, I was in a costume. I dressed up like a uh, Hunter S Thompson from fear and loathing. And I also oh. decided, I decided to like go as full into character as I possibly could. So I was like doing, you know, basically doing the movie and like doing the walk and saying all that. Like, so I, my, I was so focused on pretending to be Hunter S Thompson. And I had like, I had a, <laughs> I had a cigarette and a cigarette holder and I was entertaining people too. Cause like people were being like, Oh, Hunter S Thompson. And I was like, <laughs> we're both a goddamn golf shoes and uh mm-hmm. and i was like drinking heavily so it's really hard to be scared when you're drunk and dressed up like hunter s thompson and pretending <laughs> to be him and trying to entertain everyone you see so uh-huh. I, I maybe didn't get the full experience <laughs> <laughs> no i know what you mean like there were like times when so the time i saw something be thrown across the room i was so fucking like drunk 
Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm not drunk hallucinating. That yeah. just, and I was like, and it like took me a minute to process that I should run. And I like, ran up. <laughs> I was like, damn, they got my ass. But, um, what's the scariest story that you've heard thus far? Am I the first one? Uh, you are the second to last one. Uh, yeah. So, uh, before you was, uh, my homeboy, Brandon, who hiked the Pacific Crest Trail alone. And he had a two-part story where first he almost got eaten by a mountain lion in his tent. He had a one-person tent and there was a mountain lion stalking him outside the tent. And like, uh, but he survived it because mountain lions apparently are really, really like they, uh, they're not, they don't like to attack tents that much. But then later on, he's, you know, he's totally by himself in the middle of fucking nowhere. And then he saw a bright ass light out where there's no vehicles, no roads, no shit, no other people, anything. A bright light came down through the uh, trees and shined a light on him in his tent for like a minute and then blinked out and disappeared. And he has no explanation for what happened ever. So that's no matter what that was, that is fucking terrifying. Like whether that was a person in that woods, whether that was a fucking alien. Yeah. It was an alien. (laughs) Like, cough i don't care scary as fuck whatever that was (laughs) (laughs) well shannon i gotta tell you this i gotta go on to my next spooky fucking guest so thank you for being a a fantastic uh (laughs) i don't know uh, what i barrel of stella funds Um, dude it was rocking thanks for having me always always down to talk um, oh, shout out everybody yo, if you if you haven't heard Shannon's episode where I basically just talked about Shannon for like an hour it's called is it lit it's from season one I think it's like <laughs> episode like 60 something and uh I guess I'll see you next time we'll do our our movie right do our movie review yes we're gonna do a movie review next time and um I'm stoked for it oh yeah and also dude if you're uh in the LA area go watch Shannon do stand-up oh yeah you you're should fucking that. you know <laughs> If you don't go, you're really just missing out for no reason. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Bye, Shannon. Happy Bye. Halloween. Happy Halloween. Wow. That was even scarier than I thought. But I guess I've got to creep it real and trick or treat yourself because there's one more horrifying tale to tell. But fortunately, my jokes and my puns are just as good as the original Crypt Keeker from Tales from the Crypt, and I know that's a fact. It's a lie. You should be embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for you. I feel just like uh, Lady Gaga because a scare is born. Anyway, it's time for the next terrifying tale. What's up, boils and ghouls? I've got another terrifying piece of news to tell you. One of the guests couldn't make it today because all the Frankensteins and Freddy Kruegers uh, came after her and she's all holed up in a zombie bunker. But I got good news. Co-producer Colleen is joining in for the fourth Zoom call of the apocalypse. And we can finally... Uh, close this portal to hell in the haunted mansion. Thank God. 
I yeah. hate portals to hell. Yeah, they're they're fun. the worst. Uh, so I heard you had a scary dream. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the best scary story. I you didn't give me any notice, so that's what's scary about it. Yeah. I'm scared. It is to, scary to, to, to get on a microphone to do this no, no with notice. no notice. Okay, I mean this is the best I got for you. Um, this is one of my like earliest vivid childhood memories <laughs> and it's about a dream i had i was probably like four or three like really little and i remember i had a dream about a scary monster that was like in the corner of my room so i was dreaming about being in my bed like sleeping and then the monster which looked like a big troll guy was in the corner and he had this big fucking arm with like finger claws and he reached out his arm like like all the way across the room from the corner and he like grabbed me and like rolled me out of my bed and i was like ah and then i woke up and i was on the floor wow yeah so That's it happened. Yeah. <laughs> the conclusion I came to that monster is was that real. that was a real thing. And then um, that's the end of my story. <laughs> okay. uh, well, let me share my scary, my scary dream that happened that I remember too from a long time ago that also is like yours. Oh. This, but I was 21. I wasn't a child. I was a full-ass grown adult. And I was getting uh, my uh, Sawyer certification from the uh, fucking forest, National Forest Service. And I was camping in the woods in Virginia. And I was in a tent. And there was... That's already sounds scary. There was three other people in the me. tent. And <laughs> we all fell asleep. And I was sleeping. Uh, and then I started having a lucid dream. And this is back after I'd already like stopped trying to do this all the time. But they still would just happen occasionally on their own. And I was in a dark city. It was completely empty. And I could fly. So I was just floating through the city. And I came upon an entity that I thought might be a cool person. Turned out it was actually like a scary, like dark entity. And I was like, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I woke up and it was in the tent with me and it was holding me down oh in my, my sleeping bag. And I was like, ah, get off me, get off me. Ah! And then it disappeared. I looked around and no one else in the tent had woken up, even though I was screaming, get off me, get off me, get off oh me. Oh my gosh. So that was my scary dream. I'm scared. All right. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> this is pretty scary. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Goodbye. Wow, what a scary fucking story. And you guys, you're not going to believe this, but this house actually is haunted. I had a little bit of time in between interviews to realize it wasn't the wind at all. There's actually two really awesome ghosts here it's Agatha and Rumford. Uh, they've been saying all kinds of negative shit. But you know what? We talked about it, and maybe like. Do you guys want to explain yourselves, like, what was going through your mind, you know, while the podcast was happening? We are sorry. We were insecure and projecting on you. We're ghosts. We are just sad. We couldn't be interviewed. We're just jealous. Well, you know what, guys? I've got some great news for you. Finally admitting that you're just a bunch of jealous bitches means that you can finally be released from the mortal realm and go into the afterlife. Our unfinished business is resolved. 
Yeah, you've resolved your unfinished business by being on this awesome podcast. So you're welcome, Agatha Rumford. Uh, I cast you off into the netherworld. Well, anyway, guys, remember to creep it real and uh, happy Halloween. <laughs>